Hey everyone, welcome to Women's Work, Rising, Leading, and Thriving, produced by the Institute for Women, Wellness, and Work at Ursuline College. I'm Gina Messina, and this is a podcast that empowers women to recognize ourselves as the leaders we've been waiting for. Today's interview is one I have been looking forward to because it is with my colleague and good pal, Julie Jones. She is a positive performance certified mindset and mental performance coach. And the title coach here is key because she spent 25 plus years developing student athletes on the field at multiple universities, including Cleveland State, where she left as the most, quote, winningest coach in their history. Julie, I am like so excited to talk to you. You have become one of my favorite people, just listening to you and learning from you. Your energy and your enthusiasm is just contagious. It really is. And I am just blown away by the work that you're doing around personal energy management and the support that you are giving to other women. So I wonder if we could start off the conversation, if you'd be willing to talk a little bit about what exactly is personal energy management and how can we be engaging that in our own lives? Well, first of all, let me tell you, this is a mutual admiration club because you're amazing. So this is exciting for me. And really happy to be talking with you today. But personal energy management is basically looking at the fact that, you know, time is finite, right? We only have so much. There's 24 hours in a day. And if you're like me, you think you can fit a million things into those 24 hours, but things don't really ever take the time that we think they're going to take. We're bad estimators of how long things are going to take. But really, personal energy management is talking about how do we increase our physical energy, our emotional energy, our mental energy and mindfulness and our spiritual connection and energy. So there's four parts to it, basically. And understanding that if we can manage these four parts of our being, that we actually have more time, we actually have more energy, we actually have more to give, we're actually taking better care of ourselves, our well-being increases. And, and whenever we are well, we do things well. So, you know, figuring out how we can make adjustments in our lives, in our daily schedule, or whatever that might be, to focus on these four areas and become more efficient or productive or connected. Those are the things we're looking at when we talk about personal energy management. So let me ask you, I know that you're this incredible leader. You're the head coach of the Akron Zips, right? I was, I was, I was, yeah, not anymore, but I was, yeah. Oh, you you were, yeah, 13 years head coach of the Akron Zips. And I know you're a mom. I guess. And I know you're going like 24 seven because I know you personally and scheduling with you and the way that you make things work in your schedule. So tell me, you know, what are your biggest challenges with personal energy management as a parent? as a leader, uh, you know, and how do you make it work for yourself? Well, you know, I can get better. (laughs) I can tell you that right now. I've really tried to put a a focus on how I use my time more than anything. And and you mentioned that I was a head coach. I was a head softball coach. I was a head coach for 23 years. I coached for 26 years total. You know, and during that time, I was driven by schedule so much. But 
there was a lot of time in there that I wasn't as efficient as I needed to be, or I felt pulled two different ways, right? You feel guilty if you're focused on your family because you're not focused on your job, and then you feel guilty when you're focused on your family and you feel like you're not focused on your job. And I think that's something that women face on a daily basis. But now that, you know, I've, I've moved away from coaching in that way, but I do other types of coaching with mental performance coaching and then, you know, working at Ursuline and in career and then, you know, working through the Institute and all those different things. So it's like, I went from one big major thing that had a lot of components to a bunch of different things that sort of pulled me in a lot of different ways. And uh, one of my goals when leaving coaching was that I would spend more focused time with my family because I was on the road so much and I loved it. But, you know, obviously that leads to a disconnect in some ways with your family, which is the most important thing. But when I look at these four areas of personal energy management, I, I do a really good job of the physical part. I am committed to and always have been committed to physical exercise. I do it in the morning. I did not do it yet this morning, today, but I will, you know, six days a week I'm in and, and I, I push it, it. It makes me feel good. I know that if I don't do that, the rest of my day is not where I want it to be. So that's one area that for whatever reason, it's all, it just, it's always been who I am. I used to lift weights in my basement when I was in the seventh grade, right? So this is just something I've always done. The emotional part of this, I'm getting better at. I think that, you know, there, there's always been the ability to connect with my players or with the teams with whom I've worked and things like that. But I, I think I neglected some of the other parts of my life in that way and, and understanding the need for relationships and the, you know, we live longer. We have better relationships. We live longer. It's proven. There's research that proves that. So, you know, ensuring that we're doing a better job of connecting to our most important relationships, I think is so important. And then, you know, the, the spiritual part of this has been something that, 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 that I've been connected to my whole life as well. However, I could spend more time there, but I have over the past probably 10 months now, I have built the habit of writing in a gratitude journal every night. And what a difference that makes. I don't know. Do you practice? Do you do a journal by chance? I have that as an assignment in one of my classes. We do weekly gratitude journal and my students are like, oh my God, it's made such a huge change. And it's something they continue after the class. So yes, I know it's, it's so powerful. It is, you know, and it's so simple. I mean, literally, you know, the journals, you know, we have to, everything we're going to do, if we want to make a habit, we know we've got to make it easy. If it takes extra time, we're probably going to skip it. So my journal sits right next to my bed. The pen is inside of it. You know, I flip to the page and I, I just write down three things every day. And then I write down my personal affirmation after that. I am whatever, you know, whatever that is for you. I am. So that the next morning I wake up and I am that, or I do something that will lead me to that. But the gratitude part, you know, the bottom line is that it gets you looking for the bright spots and, and looking for bright spots takes you away from that innate, you know, desire or whatever, whatever drives us, you know, we have a negativity bias. We know that as, as human beings. So this has been such a great thing. And I was talking to my sister about it yesterday, actually, you know, my dad has had some medical issues and we got a great report on Monday from the doctor. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, just, I'm so grateful for that. And then, you know, we, you know, my uncle and, and cousins are having some issues. I'm so grateful for the amazing human beings that they are. And then, you know, and just the beauty of the sky yesterday, you know, like you write, you just, it just gets you to look for things that you may otherwise 
take for granted because we do that every day. And it's such a simple thing that we can do. It can take you two minutes. It can take you 10 minutes, however long you want to do for the day. But what an added bonus to life that has been. I really appreciate that because we are living every moment. And oftentimes we are just kind of like on autopilot and we're not paying attention. We don't notice what's going on. And some of the most mundane thing experiences, if we actually gave our attention to it, I was reading this book by Janine Roth called Women, Food, and God. And she talks about doing the dishes. I have to tell you how much I hate doing the dishes. It is the worst chore. I even have a dishwasher. And, and even the dishwasher, I just like, I hate it so much. And I, and it all my life, I don't know why. But she talks about like, do, if you could just stop like while you're doing the dishes and pay attention to the feeling of the warm water running over your hands and acknowledge that moment, acknowledge what you're doing, acknowledge what it feels like. And if we could just give ourselves the time to do that, how different our daily experiences would be, how we could move from the daily grind to actually experiencing, I like to think of it as like transcendence, right? Like right. transcending that daily grind and acknowledging ourselves as a whole person in the ways that we participate and exist in our world. So I love that. It, it, you're so right. You know, I, I, I've read so much about, you know, being present and the benefits of being present, you know, and being where our boots are you know, and, and understanding that, you know, we, we spend, you know, our minds wander at least 45% of the time. Some people say 90% of the time, but when our minds wander, they don't normally wander to good stuff, right? I don't know about you, but I have this innate ability to find the problem in everything. You know, I mean, I, you know, sending my son to camp this week's the first time he's ever gone to camp. And I thought of all the things that could go wrong. You know, they, they're riding in a 15 passenger van and we know the safety of those and you name it. I mean, I picked out every problem that could happen. And then I stopped and thought for just one second, I thought this is not the first week that this camp has ever existed. I mean, the camp has been in existence for, you know, I don't know, 65 years. They do this on a weekly basis. You know, my cousin's daughter's the lead camp person out there. You know, it's like, he's going to be fine. You know, you have to get into that, you know, you, you, you go back to, you know, Marty Seligman's disputation, right? You've got to literally fight with yourself and argue with yourself to say, that's not real. Pay attention to where you are now. You know, where are your boots? Okay, your boots are, you have to, you know, put the stuff together and get them ready to camp. And you'd be excited about that. As opposed to, you know, going down that road of all these things that are never going to happen. Now, granted, things happen, right? Bad things happen, but more good things happen really in your life than bad. If you took, you know, a piece of paper and wrote them all down, I would, you know, for those of us, like we're very fortunate people. So we, and, and, and part of that is your perspective, right? So that, yeah. that's part of, that's whole part of the gratitude thing. And boy, it's been a real blessing for me and just something very simple that people can do that can make a huge impact. That's great. That's great. I just have to comment how much I hate flying. And I have that same negative reaction every time I have to fly. And then I have to remind myself, like, if I really thought the plane is going to crash, I wouldn't get on it right in the first right. place. Like I know that's it's, it's irrational or whatever it is. And, and we do have a tendency to think like this. So I love your suggestion of the gratitude journal. I know that that is something that is a huge benefit. I wonder what other kinds of recommendations you would make for women who are looking at balancing their time better and being able to stay it's called personal energy management, right? Right, right? I have to tell you, like mid-afternoon, 
I there like often I just feel like I'm going to fall asleep at my desk or I don't know what to do to get myself moving again. And, you know, I just have these moments of exhaustion and yet I still have to go. I still have to do this. I still have to pull it together. So what are some recommendations you would make that, that, you know, women can put into practice in their daily lives to help them get through these kinds of moments? Every time that we start to feel like we need to, that, that we, we get that lull, right? That afternoon lull, whether it's after lunch or that three o'clock hour always seemed to be a time for me, which is sort of funny because for, you know, most of my career, that's when we ran practice. So, you know, but you have to get up and move, but that's exactly right. You have to get up and move, you know, right? We need, to, we need to be splitting our, our hours up, whether it's, you, go, you know, you work for 50 minutes and, and take a break for 10, or you work for 55 and take a break for five or work for 20 minutes. There, 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 are, there are lots of studies that say working intensely for 20 minutes, taking a five minute break and then getting back to it. They say that that really increases productivity. But one other thing that we overlook constantly is hydration. Yeah. A 2% decrease in hydration leads to a 10% decrease in, in, in performance in athletes. Think about that. 2%. And the whole world is dehydrated, just so you know. It's like 77% of people are dehydrated because our body is all, you know, so full of water, particularly our brain. Our brain is, you know, just full of water. So that 2% dehydration, which is a, most of us are way more dehydrated than that. You know, a 10% decrease, that's not just a physical decrease because if you look at athletic performance, so much of it is based on what your brain is allowing your body to do. So that it translates, we can, you know, we can extrapolate that, that that would be the case for people sitting at a desk as well, trying to perform mentally. So getting up and moving, scheduling in time to move, literally you almost have to set your schedule. You have to set your alarm and then get up and move there's an acronym I have to think about it. It's like, get up off your A and, you know, <laughs> and it equals success. So I have, to, I have to send that to you sometime. It's funny. I, um, I'll, I'll tell you more about that later, but, but this whole hydration thing too is huge. And we sit in front of our computers and so many times don't think about just reaching over to grab that glass of water that's sitting right next to you. Those are just a couple of things physically that we can do. Obviously the other thing that, that we can do to you know, to to help increase the bump of our well-being is to schedule you know obviously schedule the the most important things first. So we're doing those when we are the most alert. You know they say that you know so most meetings happen like at the end of the day. Like for instance, if you're like at a at a board meeting or something like that, the most important decisions are made right before five o'clock when you are starving and tired. Wow, that's so true. Right. I mean, so the most important decisions are made then, and they should be made at one o'clock after you've come back, you've gotten up, you've left your desk, or you've you've gone out, you've walked around to get your lunch, whatever you've done, you've eaten, your body has been, you know, replenished, and now your brain too has been replenished. I think that we sometimes forget that our 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 brain is directly connected to our gut, right? I mean, there's it sends you know, all, the nutrients get there too. So we, we need to think about how we're scheduling our day and the most important things that we have to do and when we're doing those. So just something to think about as far as, you know, looking at your, uh, you know, planning out, if you plan out the night before, you know, how, what's that look like for you? Are you waiting until you're 
you know, that, that time when you're sitting at your desk, is that when you're like trying to do your writing, which takes full concentration? Right. Right. You know, or could you take a phone call during that time, which would then change, you know, the chemicals in your brain and all those things. That's really interesting. So I have to tell you, I generally have coffee sitting on my desk instead of water. I am always trying to make myself drink more water. And, and one of the things I do that is really helpful, I want to say this, is I put frozen blueberries in my oh. water to make it like a little more fun. It sounds silliness, but it like tricks my brain, right? So I drink drink more water, but I fall off a lot. It's like, it's really easy to fall off and be like, ah, I just really need some coffee right now. Or my guilty pleasure, Dr. Pepper, that gives yeah. me a serious boost in the <laughs> afternoon, which I know it's like so bad for you, right? Yes, so it is. like, <laughs> it is, it's terrible. But this is the other question I want to ask you. It's like, you know, we, we talk so much about taking care of our bodies, right? Like, of course it's so critical. Like we need to take care of our bodies. We need to be healthy. And my joke is, although I probably mean it seriously, is when am I allowed to just eat a donut? Because sometimes I just want to eat a donut. Sometimes yeah. I want to be like, people talk about self-care is like, get enough sleep, drink enough water. And I say, no, that's like self-maintenance. For right. me, self-care right. is eating the donut, right? right? And it's bad. And I know it's bad, but are you allowed to splurge once in a while? Is it really no. like, what are you doing to yourself when you do no, that kind of thing? It's so funny you talk about this because when we're talking about like making new habits and all these things, the only way we're going to repeat things is if we feel good about them, right? So I, it, it's funny you say this. So we were at the doctor with my dad up at the Cleveland Clinic. He has heart issues. And I was talking to the doctor. I said, please tell him that he needs to walk. He needs to get more exercise. He needs to be stronger. And the doctor says, what do you like to eat? And my dad mm -hmm. said, donuts. And he does. He likes the maple cream <laughs> sticks. And I swear he'd eat them for you know, three, three meals a day if he could. But the doctor said, well, then, Find a donut shop that you can walk to, get a donut and walk home or park away from the donut shop, walk, get the donut. Like, so we're rewarding ourselves. We have to reward ourselves. I, and if, I don't know that. if you've ever read Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, but he says every time we do something that we are trying to build a habit, we need to celebrate whether that's just a little fist bump, you know, like a yes, or it is you get your Dr. Pepper then. When I was at Cleveland State, I, you know, I, I coached there as well. I was running with a, a friend of mine who was on, who was a cross country person. And I, I've always run, but like, she was like a real runner and she would like beat me into the ground. We would, you know, run all through the city and, you know, down to the flats and back up and, you know, hills. And my reward was I would go and get one ice cold diet Pepsi out of the machine. Cause it was so good, you know, but that was the only one I drank all day, but that was my reward. And I stopped doing that after a while, but, but it's like, Sometimes we have to we have to do these things to have something to look forward to, right? You can have donuts. You just can't have five donuts, right? You can't have a you you probably shouldn't have a donut every day, but if you choose to have a donut every day, then you just have to figure out how to like maybe you walk a little further, right? So I think we we put so many rules on ourselves that we don't celebrate the fact that yes, I vacuumed the carpet today. I've been wanting to do that for two days and I did it. Boom. Yes for me. Right. And then you feel good about going to do it again because the stuff we don't feel good about, we're not going to do it again. We're just not. That is, that's such great 
feedback. You're right. I shouldn't eat a donut every day and I don't do it often, but it's like you do, you carry that guilt with you. You're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that, you know, but that's really, that's a really great way to think about it. Like how are we rewarding ourselves? And that's an important part of the habit loop. I don't know if you've read, I think it's called the habit loop. I'm thinking it's Charles Duhigg. I'm trying to think of the name. Yeah. Uh Yes. Yes. Right. And, and the whole thing with Febreze, Febreze almost went bankrupt until they added the scent and the scent became the positive reward at the end of cleaning that people look forward to that revived the company, which is such an interesting thing. And if we can take those ideas and put them in practice in our own lives, I think like, wow, how do we shift that? So the next time I run on my treadmill, I'm going to get a donut. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Right. And that's, you're building a habit. And then eventually you may go down to half a donut if you think you need to. You figure out how to make these things work. I think all the time, like I have, you know, like specific rules that I follow for my nutrition. And, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have a Michelob Ultra, I can't have ice cream that day. I can't have them both. Right. I mean, that's silly, but it's just, you know, too many calories for me. Or like, you know, I was like, when I feel really skinny, I'm going to go to Swenson's and get a galley boy. Really? Why am I waiting for that? Right. I mean, it, I mean it's like, I'm not going to do it every day. We put so many rules on ourselves that we feel like we can't do things to, for self-imposed reasons. Right. That really, you know, everything in moderation. Right? right. Work, work in moderation. You know, you can't, you can't just do everything you want. You can't always be, you know, because if you just did everything you want, you would never get anything you, that you need to get done done most of the time. But why do we say I can't have the donut? It's a great thing. I'm going to run on the treadmill and then I'm going to have a donut. That's one reason I work out. I like to eat like chocolate chip cookies sometimes or something like that. And I, I don't feel guilty about it because I'm like, you know what? I worked my rear end off this morning. You know, I did 45 minutes of hard, whatever it was. And now for the rest of the day, you know, I can, I can have a snack if I want to. You know, that, that it, it, it all come out in the end. I want to ask you this. So you do 45 minutes hardcore workout and then throughout yeah. the rest of the day, you're good. I, I wonder about this because I often feel like I go through phases. I'm sure a lot of us do this where it's like, okay, I'm really committed to exercising and then you fall off. But when I am really committed, then I feel like all day, I got to be moving. I got to be moving. I got to be doing something. Like once you do your workout, are you good for the day? If I have a chance, I go back and I'll, I have a walking desk. So I'll do some work on on my treadmill, you know, or, or I'll try to go for a walk in the evening, or maybe I'm, you know, maybe that day I'm on the grass or whatever it is, you know, but I spent, you know, so much of my time up and moving. That's just normal for me. You know, we would have practice sometimes from six o'clock in the morning until two o'clock in the afternoon, we'd be, you know, on the field or in the facility. So movement is just part of what I do. Sitting is not something I enjoy. So I think that's just me, but the truth of it is, if we're if we're getting that exercise every day, we are really benefiting because you know that we, we're continuing to burn calories. We're we you know we we have increased our you know our our all the good chemicals that go to our brain. It helps us remember things better. Uh, I, I I mentioned to you when we were talking that you know, as I work out, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I really feel like that stuff gets embedded in in my. I can I remember so much of it because my brain is so active at the time. So, you know, I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm learning and working at the same time, which is really good. But, you know, the benefits of exercise are, you know, exponential. We know that. I mean, you know, just just all kinds of information. And it doesn't have to be 45 minutes of hard exercise. 20 minutes of walking, right, is a huge benefit. If you do that every day, they say that you'll learn, you'll, you, you can lose 10 to 20 pounds a year 
Wow. And at least 10 pounds a year, 20 minutes of walking every day can lead to a 10 pound weight loss. If they, they say, basically, if you cut out a hundred calories a day, you will lose 10 pounds in a year, 100 calories. That's it a day. Think about that. That's like one big pretzel. You know, those Snyder's yeah. pretzels that I like eat, like they're going on style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is but it true though for women, off. like women of our age, especially like when you're, you know, facing perimenopause and your hormones yeah. have changed. I feel like I'm at this point in my life where I'm sure like a lot of women feel this struggle as you get older, it's harder to lose weight. And even if you're making those changes, it's like, you got to do something extra. What are your thoughts on that? You know, obviously I'm not a nutritionist, but I've spent a lot of time around nutritionists and, you know, in this area is that I do think we do have to adjust our eating habits because we eat too much as, as, you know, as, as a nation, we eat too much. I mean, our plates are, are bigger than they used to be. And, you know, and, and fast food makes a big difference. Obviously the types of food we're eating, I guess, I guess we need to be more careful of the types of food we eat. We can eat as many vegetables and, and all those kinds of things, you know, even on Weight Watchers, from what I understand, I was talking to someone the other day, like there are no points for vegetables or you can eat, you know, until right. the cows come home, right? So I, I think we just have to make adjustments and smart adjustments. But the truth of it is, as we get older, I don't know about you, but my appetite has changed. I don't eat nearly as much as I used to sitting down at a meal because I just don't, my body doesn't seem to need that as much. And we have, that's what we don't do. We don't listen. We don't listen to our bodies. And, and we, we have a tendency to you know, continue to eat just because it's there. Um, but you know, small adjustments, and it's true. It is harder. It is much harder as we get older, right? Our body composition changes and we can't do some of the physical things that we used to be able to do, but we can always walk, you know, or do light, some type of light movement, but even just getting up, you think about it. If you get up once every hour during, during the day, and you just walk just a little bit, even if it's just around your house, you know, that's eight hours of getting up and moving, which is you know, it's very beneficial and it shifts your mind. You know, it gives you a little bit of a break. It, uh, you know, it, it changes your heart rate. It gets your blood flowing differently. You know, 750 milliliters of blood run through your brain every minute. Do you know that? That's wow. a whole wine bottle of blood. That's amazing. I had no idea. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in movement helps that obviously helps the flow continue. But the other thing that it does, it, it changes your breathing. And, you know, and if we, if our breathing gets distressed, even for a minute, that blood flow can decrease by like 40%. So it's like, this, it's also connected to just making sure that we're not, we don't turn into a bump on the log in front of a computer screen, just reacting to everything that comes our way, you know, looking at every ding and every, you know, and, you know, wasting time when we could be focused and then move, focused and then move, focused and then move. It makes your day go faster too you're breaking things up. That is so helpful. And I think it's such important information for, for all of us, any of us who's listening in thinking about how much we can actually really improve our productivity, the quality of what we're doing, right? If right. we pay attention to those things. So this has been just it's such a critical conversation. And I'm so grateful for you uh, to you for taking the time to talk about this and personal energy management. I know you're doing all this work around it. I know you're doing some webinars coming up. So people are going to have to check that out, stop on the website, see when Julie's teaching, because you can learn so much from her. Really so, so grateful to you. Well, there are so many things we can do 
for ourselves. And as women, we put ourselves second. So, so at least second, I don't know, maybe fifth, I don't know. There are so many things that come in front of our well-being. You know, we think we have to react to everything that everybody else wants and, you know, and structuring things so that we're not so reactive at times and saying, you know what, I can talk to you for this time, but this is what I'm doing at this time. I need this to, for my personal productivity. And then I can spend more time with my family because I got more work done. So there's so many benefits to, to thinking about how we act and react and how we can utilize our reactions to be more productive, be more present, and then get rid of some of that guilt because, hey, this is what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing things better for myself, which then leads to me, my ability to do things better for everyone around me. So there's a lot there that we, you know, we just scratch the surface with ideas and things that we can do, but we are so hard on ourselves sometimes as women and have so many expectations that may not be realistic, you know, stopping and really evaluating what we do can be very helpful. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. This has been just outstanding. And I'm so excited for your webinar and workshops Great. coming up. So Wonderful. thank you for being here. Well, my pleasure, Gina. Great to see you. And uh, I look forward to the next time that we get to chat. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening in today. And to learn more about our guests, visit our website at womenwellnesswork.ursuline.edu. Don't forget to subscribe to Women's Work on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.